Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Taking Your Next Step podcast from Collegians for Christ. Through each episode, we will journey together focusing on knowing what you believe and why you believe it. If you are eager, like I am, to strengthen your faith, then take your next step now by joining us in today's episode. On our previous episode, we talked about the internal struggle or the internal battle that you and I face daily. You and I face it multiple times throughout the day. And we talked about how you and I sometimes can be worn down from that. Sometimes we can feel defeated. We can feel wearisome. Uh, It feels like the flesh is always controlling us. But we looked at our passage and we saw a great promise here that if we walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Think about that. If we walk in the spirit, we're promised. We will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so we want to talk about today's episode, how you and I can walk in the spirit, how we can practically get victory in our lives. Now, we looked at the great contrast, if you, I'm sorry, the great conflict, if you will, between the flesh and the spirit, how they're contrary to each other. The one is trying to completely suppress and silence the other. The, the flesh just wants to silence the spirit while the spirit wants to silence the flesh. And they're in contrary opposition to each other. They, they, they can't mix. They're like oil and water. They're like two opposing ends of a magnet. They just do not go together. But you and I learn that the battle is constant, we can win. Though the, the, the conflict is daily, we can win daily. We can have victory over the flesh. So we also see in our passage, there's, there's a great contrast here between the flesh and the spirit. Uh, there's given two lists. One is a list of the works of the flesh, and one is a list of the fruit of the spirit. Now, one thing we want to notice is the works of the flesh is given in the plural, but the fruit of the spirit is given in the singular. We'll bring that out here shortly of the difference. But we see our list here of the works of the flesh. It begins with adultery, fornication, and cleanness, and it goes down to list 17 plus works of the flesh. You say, why do you say plus? Well, it lists 17, and Paul says, look, I can't list them all because he says, and such like. So envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, meaning I can go on and on and on of saying what the, the flesh can work out. Now, we could lump these, if you will. Some people do three categories, some four. I definitely see three categories here. The first three, the first of uh, the four are sensual and natural nature. You have adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, uh, fornication being any type of sexual relations outside of marriage, lasciviousness, uh, that unrestrained sexual desire that you cannot restrain, you cannot stop. Uh, many people struggle with that, with pornography, being unable to stop looking stop scrolling. Uh, It captures them. That's the sin of lasciviousness. We understand the spirit can control that. Then we have the superstitious or the spiritual, we could say, idolatry and witchcraft. Then we could say the social sins that you would see played out in our lives. We have hatred. We have variants or fightings, emulations, which are jealousies, wrath, strife, or rivalries. I mean, you see hatred. You see fightings. You see rivalries in the division all throughout our culture right now. Seditions is divisions, heresies, envyings, murders. Think about all the murders and shootings that are occurring in our country. 
country, the, the mass shootings. Uh, every time I look on the news local or just in our state, there are young people shooting, killing other people constantly. It's not just young people, but for some reason, the, the amount of young people engaging in that is, is high because you see it consistently, drunkenness and revelings. So you see that great list there. And many of you can relate to different things there that you and I experience in our life. But then he goes on to contrast with the fruit of the Spirit. Now, that's used in the singular. And these are outward character elements that, the, that only the Holy Spirit can produce in our life. And you could lump these into three categories as well, the inward, the outward, and the personal. The inward is love, joy, and peace. And can we say this? This is agape love. This is inward and can only come from God. What do you mean it's inward? It's something you and I feel on the inside that comes out. You see, you and I have agape love inside, and that's how we will treat. That's how we will respond. That's what we will do with our life. Joy. My goodness, people are searching for joy. They're searching for love, joy, and peace, and that is a fruit of the Spirit. Think about that. What the world is looking for is produced by the fruit of the Spirit. How many people are searching for happiness and constantly working, trying to climb the corporate ladder, trying to get more money, trying to get more toys, trying to get more of this, and every time it makes you happy for a moment and then it runs out. You see, joy is abiding. It's joy within that is not determined on your circumstances. Then peace. So many people are living hopeless lives, and the fruit of the Spirit gives us peace. What is peace? It's that settled feeling, trusting in God, despite what is going on around us. Only God can give us that peace. And then we have the outward, the long-suffering, patienceness, or being patient towards people, kindness, goodness. Then we have the personal, faithful, meekness, and self-control. Think about that. When you struggle in areas, whether it's sexual, whether it's with an addiction, whatever it is, whether it's pride, whether it's selfishness, look, self-control is the key to curbing that. It's the key to curbing the desire for alcohol. It's the key to curbing the desire for pornography. It's the key to curbing the desire for whatever it is. And so it goes in to contrast the, the, the usage of the works and the fruit. You see, a factory utilizes machines and people to work or labor to produce products, but it can never manufacture fruit. Think about that. So we have factories all across this country, assembly lines, stuff rolling out of it all the time. And we have so much stuff in America. Go in the dollar store, go in Walmart, go in Lowe's. You just see products everywhere. And they're all produced mainly in a factory, and they're produced by people with their hands, and these are works. But you can never manufacture fruit. You see, the flesh is all about our work. It's all about our effort, what we will do, what we want to do. You see, the flesh can never produce fruit, and that's why they're so contrary. That's why they're so opposed. Fruit, on the other hand, is a byproduct. You see, fruit must grow out of life and is a result of growth. You see, the Spirit produces the fruit. And the use of the singular, as we've already brought out, shows that these character elements are a unity. You see, we have access to all of these at the same time. So you and I have access, not just, okay, we have access to love and joy, and maybe down the road we'll get some peace and long-suffering. You and I possess the Holy Spirit, which produces the fruit. And what is the fruit? It's an all-encompassing package. That means you can have love, joy, and peace at the same time. 
no matter what is going on in your life and in your world. You can uh, exhibit long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness to other people, no matter how you feel or how your emotions are. You internally can have faith, even in the, uh, the depths of doubt, even when other things are trying to tell you you can't have faith. You can have self-control. You can have meekness. You see, in John chapter 15, Jesus talked much about the fruit of the vine. And while we talk much when I read that passage and I've taught it in the past over the years and heard it preached, many times we relate it to the fruit that you and I will produce being attached to the vine are fruits of people being saved and so forth. And while that is a key part of this passage, I think there's also a correlation or a connection back to the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to read a few verses here. Jesus said, I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, you notice fruit is used so many times here, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. You and I, the only way we can produce the fruit is because we're abiding in Christ. The Holy Spirit is living in us. We're not grieving the Holy Spirit. He said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Watch this, for without me ye can do nothing. And so he's relating here the fruit that you and I will produce, not fruits, plural, but the fruit What is he talking about? Yeah, you and I are going to produce fruit, meaning we're going to see souls saved. We're going to see people's lives impacted. We're going to produce fruit of various kinds, depending on what type of ministry we're called to. But as you and I abide in him, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, you and I are going to produce fruit. What is it? The fruit of the Holy Spirit. And as you and I produce fruit, it says that every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it. That means God brings trials and allow things to come into our lives to purge us or to prune us, to knock away the, the flesh, to, to knock away some of the prideful things, to knock away some of our desires, to allow us to produce more fruit, for that fruit of the Spirit to come out exponentially, to come out in full color. And so what is our goal? We say we want to talk about how we can walk in the Spirit. Well, you and I have to crucify the flesh. And he talks about that in Galatians. So in a believer's life, there is the flesh and the Spirit, a fact we must acknowledge. The fact that we must acknowledge is that you and I are going to experience that internal struggle all the time. You see, in a garden, there are vegetables that you're trying to grow. Right now, people are growing gardens. But there's also weeds. That's a fact we must acknowledge. A gardener who wants to see fruit does what? Does everything in his or her power to kill the weeds. That means you pay close attention to what's growing and you act quickly. Why is it? Because weeds will choke the vegetable, will choke the fruit. The weeds will hinder the vegetable or the fruit from growing. And it can even what? Kill the vegetable or the fruit. The weeds can overtake it. And so you and I must acknowledge that we have an internal struggle. But you and I have a choice to make. Both natures are fighting for first place. The Spirit says, look, give me first. The Spirit says, no, please give me first. The Spirit says, I want to be first, but the the flesh calls out and it tries to lure you. It puts things in front of your eyes, in front of your mind, the lust of the flesh, the, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. There's nothing else in the world. That is the main temptation that Satan uses. 
So you and I have to be real with ourselves and have to acknowledge that both are present in our life and work like a good gardener to kill the flesh. We would just have to say no to the flesh. We will have to choose to crucify the flesh by choosing to walk in the spirit. We say, how do I walk in the spirit? Well, walking is following. If you're walking, you're going in a direction, right? So if you're following someone, following Christ, you're walking behind them. You're walking in the same direction. You're living each day acknowledging and choosing to follow the Holy Spirit. When was the last time that you spoke to the Holy Spirit? I understand we're supposed to pray to God the Father. We, we talk and pray to our Lord Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit is not a thing. It's not a ghost like our you know movies and culture would like us to think about the Holy Spirit. It is referred to as the Holy Ghost. But it is God in you. And three things here you can do to ensure that you walk in the Spirit. Number one is seek the Spirit's guidance on a daily basis. It means you come to the Spirit. The Bible talks about being filled with the Spirit. It doesn't mean we have a, a new feeling each, each time. It means we're asking to be filled with the Spirit. We're saying, Spirit, you guide me. Guide me today. It's not just yearly, monthly. It means you wake up and you say, okay, Lord, today's the day. I'm checking in with you. But Spirit, guide me. You're supposed to be the Spirit of truth, and you're supposed to guide me into all truth. Guide me. Guide me in what I'm supposed to listen to as far as all the voices out there, who I'm supposed to listen to. Guide me in what I'm supposed to do. Guide me into your will. Guide me to ensure the vocation I am, the studies I'm going through are part of your will. That is seeking the Spirit's guidance on a daily basis. And then number two, listen to the Spirit's promptings. Did you know the flesh will never prompt nor lead you to do something right? while the Spirit will never prompt you or lead you to do something wrong. How do you know which voice is which? The flesh will never prompt nor lead you to do something right. I keep getting this nudging that I should talk to her, that I should pray with her, that I should do this, that I should go and buy this and give this. I should go and serve there. I should give of myself here. That is not the flesh. The Spirit will never prompt you to do something wrong. That, that, that sinful... Maybe the Spirit's leading me that no. You see, the, the flesh is never going to press you to do something that is moral, ethical, or loving towards others. The Spirit, on the other hand, will always lead you according to God's Word, never contrary. How do I know which voice to listen to? Does it line up with the Word of God? So number one, seek the Spirit's guidance on a daily basis. Number two, listen to the Spirit's promptings. And number three, obey what the Spirit is guiding you in. We can seek the Spirit. And we can even listen. But the final decision is, are we going to obey it? You know, we can get instructions. We can get guidance. We can get counsel. I've watched over the years. uh, People will come to you for counsel. And it doesn't mean that uh, you are the know-it-all, that they should obey everything you say. But sometimes in just general principles, because you've already learned in your life and uh, they're coming and maybe they're asking or maybe they didn't ask, but you're trying to guide. And they don't listen to some just key principles. They came and they sought, seek, they listened, and then you watch them walk away and not do what they were maybe guided in. And unfortunately, sometimes you see disaster. You see consequences, different things. So seek the Spirit's guidance on a daily basis. Listen to the Spirit's promptings. Be in the Word of God. But also the Spirit speaks in you. 
Which voice do I listen to? Does it go contrary to God's word? Or does it go towards God's word? Is asking me to do something that is accordance to God's will. You say, what is God's will for my life? Uh, God's will is general, meaning we are to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We're to love others, even as ourselves. We're to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We're to pray without ceasing. We're to, there's many things in Scripture that are God's will in general for our lives, even if we don't think we understand God's will specific. But as we listen, we also must obey, and that's where it comes down. Paul said this, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of flesh. Walking in the spirit is this, it's seeking, listening, but it's also obeying. And if you obey the flesh, I mean, if you obey the spirit, then you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please share it with a friend or subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can connect with Collegians for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.